0: And everybody, to the "How Not to Be a Youth Pastor" podcast. Kyle and Derek back with you for another episode. Learning every single week all of the many, many ways that there are to not do our jobs. Amen. Kyle, hey. how, how many how many packs you up to these days? <laughs> Funny, uh, yeah. Kyle has um, Kyle's recovering from a little bit of a cold, and by a little bit of a cold, I mean the world's. I can't say the world's worst sickness. No, That's you really, can't poorly timed. Yes. But, um, it's, it wasn't great. Um, I don't think it was COVID. Uh, I don't, I don't really know. I find that if you don't test for COVID, you don't get COVID. That's fair. And so, um, you know, philosophies on that one, but, uh, I feel great. Uh, my, you throat, sound great too, my man. throat just does not want to cooperate. Uh, got a really stubborn cough that just won't let go. So,
1: It's kind of like our working relationship, just stubborn, something that just never really goes away.
0: Yeah, well, it's at least I don't, like, talk for a living, you know? (laughs) if, If I talked for a living, that would make this really difficult. Certainly. But fortunately, I don't. Oh, wait. Um... Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's been annoying, but that's fine. Uh, Derek, we got a special guest here today. But we sure Before we do. dive into that, because he's he's, he's, not a, a, he's a big fan of the show. He's a huge fan of the show. Yeah, and, and friend of the show. Hmm. Um, but before we dive into that, I just want to dive into a real quick question that'll that'll kind of take us right into it here, Derek. Uh, do you remember
1: your first week on the job? Sure do. Uh, and and what was that like? Um, it was interesting. I walked in to the church building and there was nobody there (laughs) on my first day uh, because at the time, the only people that were on staff were myself and then my lead pastor who coincidentally happened to be on a pastoral retreat the week that I started. So I remember walking in to the office to an empty building and going, what am I supposed to do? You know, <laughs> Like, like, where do I start? What do I do? And so, um, fortunately my lead pastor had left me like an email of like, here are some things you should do while I'm gone. Um, and one of those things was he had like left me a list of student names and parent names and phone numbers for people who like had been, here was the weird part. It was kids who had been in our planning center system since the church was created eight years ago. So I had no clue like the people, whether they were like actually attending the church at the time or not. And I had to cold call all these people. And it was like the most horrific experience of my life of like, it was the most awkward. I fumbled over my words more than I care to admit. Like it was ugly there. Were, I think I've said this on the podcast, but there was one point in which I was fumbling and, so bad with this phone call that I just like, if you talk and let a voicemail go long enough, it'll get to the end of it and it'll go, are you still recording? Would you like to re-record your message? So I just stopped talking mid sentence because it was so bad. And I got to the end of this voicemail and it goes goodbye and hangs up the phone. So I had to call the person back and say like, Hey again, this is Derek. Um, I just left you the world's worst voicemail. Just letting you know, I'm a new youth pastor. Would love to meet you if it works. Have a good day. (laughs) And then I left it go. So needless to say, um, when I hired my replacement, um, I did not have him cold call because it was not fun.
0: So I think the biggest question our listeners have right now is did that individual
1: stick at your church? I have no idea who it was. Oh, I, that's disappointing. Zero clue. The The thing is, is I had like eight youth students at the time. So the odds of one of those families being one of those eight kids was very, very slim. Especially when of those eight, three of them were the pastor's kids. So, you know, it was kind of one of those things where the the ratio was not in my favor.
0: Hey, large pastor families have been keeping... The job security high for Amen. youth pastors for a long time. Fruitful
1: multiply, baby. Absolutely.
0: Um, I remember my first week on the job. I brought like thirty kids to camp. Oh um, yeah, that's right. I so the I was I was an intern, and the youth pastor before me left, uh, and it was it was kind of a quick transition, and so uh, they they stepped out, and I was all on my own uh taken a bunch of kids to camp and that was that was week 1 for me uh trying to survive that uh and I would have been i think 20 20 or 21 uh 21 I think at the time were and, you
1: graduated by this point or not
0: uh not technically no okay <laughs> and so uh, still bible college yeah I took all those kids to camp and then i remember uh you know the next week you know would have been like my first wednesday night Yep. And I remember because, you know, there was, there was, it was just like, I got to figure this out. I, 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 guess I have to like preach something. I don't know. Uh, and I remember, you know, we had the Wednesday night, we had worship, we had the message just like we normally do. And I remember the night our, our service ended and we got some kids hang, lingering and, you know, they're walking out. And I remember kind of starting to clean some stuff up and thinking to myself, okay, I did one. Like it didn't burn down. It wasn't just a terrible disaster. We can build on this. I I specifically remember that, uh, that memory on that, on that first Wednesday night. It was terrifying.
1: What we should do is maybe we can extend this invitation. If you're a brand new youth pastor and you, uh, and you had your first Wednesday night recently, we got to make them t-shirts that just say like in big letters, I survived Yep, and then have like a little, you know, hyphen and then, you know, how not to be a youth pastor initials in the bottom. And that can be, that can be part of our church or not church merch, but, uh, the podcast, podcast merch. merch.
0: Yeah. We're, uh, we are working on merch. Uh, it will come at some point in the not so or very distant future. Um, and and when I say that, I want to set expectations. We have had next to zero conversations about this. Uh, but I think it'd be funny. But anyways, uh yeah, that was that was our first experiences uh in youth ministry. And today we want to dive into uh what it is like to be a brand new youth pastor. It's easy. Um it really is. If if you're no <laughs> I was gonna make a joke, but it was going to be inappropriate. No, it's just going to really discourage most youth pastors. And that's not really what we're here for. Uh, it's a little bit what we're here for. We're all ab- about laughing at e- at ourselves, right? Yeah. That's that's
1: most of what being a youth pastor is. I mean, here's is. the thing. People are going to laugh at us regardless. So if you laugh for yourself first, it doesn't hurt as bad.
0: No, it does not. Uh <laughs> There was there was like a deep seated psychological wound <laughs> behind Derek's comments right there. Maybe. I'm going to let that one go. We'll Thank talk you. about <laughs> it. You and your therapist could talk about it later. <laughs> uh no, we have a we have a special guest on uh, on today's episode. Uh Derek, I feel like it's more appropriate
1: for you to uh to do the intro here. I I think for a variety of reasons one it, because it's the kind of connection we have here, but two, you sound terrible, man. Okay. I'm, d- I'm just going to be honest. You sound horrendous, but I love you, Kyle. Have you Do you watch friends? Uh, do I breathe? Okay. First of all,
0: I spend most of my day with 12 to 18 year olds. It's not a guarantee that they have seen the sitcom Friends. Okay, but am I 12 to 18 years old? No. Emotionally, yes. <laughs> well, that's par for the course. There's the episode where Phoebe yeah. uh, is sick and she has trouble singing, but- It's her
1: sexy voice. It's her
0: sexy voice. And I'm just going to lean into uh, what I have going on in my general throat vicinity. Yeah. And it's going to be
1: my sexy voice. Okay. Here's the problem with that. It doesn't sound good. It sounds fine, but that that motivation should be for your wife and not for me or for any other listeners in the room. So you can sell that this is your sexy voice, but really it has no no grounds here. In any case, can we can we get back to our regular scheduled programming here? Um, I want to introduce um, a he's becoming a great friend of mine. Um, he already was a good friend, but you're becoming a great friend now. Um, but as every, all of our listeners know, um, I have transitioned to the dark side of, of lead pastorship and stepped out of youth ministry. Um, and as such, I, uh, I went and, uh, snagged a winner in, in, in Riley and so, um, I'm going to let him kind of introduce himself here in a little bit, but um, we wanted to bring on Riley. He is the youth pastor who stepped into uh, my previous role and is doing just a fantastic job. And uh, we just wanted to hear from him about what it was like and what his experience was. So Riley, welcome to the show. Welcome to the um, self, I, I not self-hatred, but there's a significant amount of banter between Kyle and I. Um, and all that good stuff. So welcome to the lion's den in that regard. Uh, but welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you come from and, uh, anything else pertinent to who Riley is.
2: Yeah. Well, Hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, this is my first time ever being on a podcast. Come on, baby. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. (laughs) If it's a one and done or not. But, uh, my name is Riley. I am the new youth pastor at the bridge church. Um, Let's see, I grew up in Little Falls, Minnesota, uh, so a small town right in central Minnesota. Um, I am all about sports and playing it, watching it, at the time of recording this, the World Cup is on, so I've been useless at yep. everything in life, um, just glued to the TV, uh, but yeah, sports sports are, that, that's, that's my love in life, and um, yeah, I went to North Central like you guys, and um, yeah, kind of Real quickly brings you up to date um, That's what I'm doing now. Just,
1: just I, I love this little tidbit. What did you major in at North Central? Yeah. So I majored in math. Like all youth factors. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. I mean,
1: I just love that tidbit because when you major in math, you get to a level from what I've seen where you no longer use numbers. Like when you get high enough in math, it's like, it's no longer numbers. Not, and yeah. we're not talking like, oh, like
0: algebra. <laughs> We're talking like literally zero numbers. Yes.
2: Yeah. Or even letters, like English letters. (laughs) Like it it makes no sense. Here's,
1: Here's a question that I have for you that I've never asked you this, nor does it have any relevance what we're going to talk about today. Good. But like, do you, do you retain almost all of it? Like, could you walk into your calculus four class or whatever and, and like pull out a test and. Get a somewhat decent grade on it.
2: No chance. Okay. <laughs> no chance. I, I could maybe go into like a calc one class. Okay. And do that, but anything beyond that, I I'll just say I didn't have the best professors in the world in college. Um, North Central is maybe not the best math school in the world. Maybe not. But uh, hey, I finished with that degree, so come on. I know a little bit. Come on finished with a degree and a collegiate athlete rather
1: just kind of a baller at North central, but he won't tell you that, but he was. So with that, we're just excited to have him on. Um, you know, and it, it's one of those things, uh, where I think Riley and, and why we really wanted to kind of get his perspective here is to some degree, Riley's role and kind of his experience stepping into youth ministry was a little bit more unique than what Kyle and I had, um, to some extent. Um, you know, I kind of stepped into a there's not much of anything going on, so we're kind of building from the ground up with a few exceptions. Um, you know, Kyle, forgive me if I'm stepping out of bounds here, but from what we have talked about what I know of you, there was an established youth ministry that you kinda took over, but it was kind of disintegrating. It was kind of fall it it just needed some TLC. Um, yeah,
0: let's call it
1: um I wanted to be very politically correct there.
0: Yeah, I don't even know how to phrase it um, with <laughs> in in the politically correct spectrum. Uh, there was some serious dissension and hurt. Sure, let's let's just call it. And so, yeah, but ste- stepping into that, it was a little but, tedious.
1: But to some degree, it kind of is. It fair to say you kind of were building something new-ish? Um, rather than just kind of like, like, yeah, rebuilding. Yeah,
0: 100%. you know, like we had we had a solid group of students and 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 some leaders and stuff, but um, you know, the the foundation still needed care. Sure.
1: Yeah. So you know, I think if we were to compare them, um, I think Riley stepped into a little bit more to like what you experienced and what I experienced, but even again, it, it, it's just it's different. Um, you know, because on top of that, um, you know, the Kyle, the, the people that you took over for are no longer here at your church. Um, where Riley has a unique challenge here is, I shouldn't say challenge, but just unique circumstance is he's working with the person that was doing it before, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so there's, there's just, there's some unique, it's not better or worse, it's just, it's unique, and so, um, you know, we really just kind of wanted to pitch him some questions as to what his experience was like, and kind of just pick his brain, because undoubtedly, I'm sure there's some people out there who have or will experience something of the same, and Riley's got a lot of good insight and wisdom, and a lot of good jokes, and so we, he was just bound at some point to be in the podcast, so glad we made it here.
0: That's fair, and Riley, I do want to just kind of you know, get out ahead of things. If for whatever reason, uh, things come out in this podcast that really tank your standing at your job. Uh, we'd love to bring you on, uh, as, as a, as a second youth pastor here, I don't have any authority to, to offer that position, nor can I pay you anything. But, um, you know, if, if because of this conversation, your boss fires you, uh, We'll we'll work something out.
2: See, yeah, I def, I, def- <laughs> I
1: definitely thought you were making the angle, like you were trying to steal him from me. There, you know, rather than I would never. Yes, you would.
0: No, we're all on the same team. <laughs> but you don't <laughs> like me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, all I'm gonna say is, uh, it's. We'll talk after. We might need an interview on Monday. But uh, oh, wow. Yep. yep. Um. Three days later. Geez. <laughs>
0: Well, I, just to peel back the curtain, I did hear some pretty suspicious things about an announcement video set to drop this Sunday (laughs) that I think Riley had a big hand in and and Derek's intentionally not watching it until Sunday morning during the service.
1: I've got to get the raw experience.
0: Which seems, uh, that seems like a bold move. I also, the the insinuation I picked up on was that Riley was not going to be... (laughs) in the building. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> it, would I be... Uh, now, this podcast is coming out a week late, but Riley, would I be correct in assuming you're going to be ditching service on Sunday to watch the World Cup final?
1: No. Um, there, it, It's confidential that, why he is missing the podcast, or why he's missing...
2: Is it another job interview? <laughs> <laughs> it is not another job interview. I will say it is very lucky on my end that the World Cup final is that morning, though. Because I will be able to watch it live, so there you go. Yeah, no i
0: I did the math. Obviously, the United States was not going to be sniffing the World Cup final, but I did do the math and figure out a while, a few weeks ago that the final was on a Sunday morning at like nine a.m. our time, and so I was like, okay, this is this is interesting. Like, the, do you think that my middle school bu- Sunday school class would be interested in? Why? <laughs> like, how could we relay this into? Uh, into scripture somehow, you know it's like that classic youth pastor game. Like, take anything and try to relay it to scripture. We could do that with a World Cup final, right? Oh, easy, yeah. It's it's the world's game. It's the common language we speak. Much so. like our faith in Jesus Christ transcends all race and ethnicities. Wow. So true. <laughs> Nailed it. <Wow. laughs> I say, I say um, go for it. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll work on that. I'll, I'll workshop that over the next couple of days here, uh, Riley. I want to dive into just kind of starting with you know ministry in general and, and, and your path with, uh, with ministry, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, obviously the math degree not being the most traditional path to, uh, to ministry, but how did, how did Riley go from math major to youth pastor? Like, what did that path look like for you?
2: Yeah. Great question. So I starting like way back, I, my dad was a youth pastor when I was growing up. So my whole life, um, like I saw the demands of ministry on like the pastor, but also the family. Um, Cause like we know our job is not nine to five. It's 24 seven. We're always on call. Um, So for me, I was always like, I'm not going to go into ministry unless I know like beyond a shadow of a doubt, that's what I'm supposed to do. And I was always like in the back of my mind, I was always like, Oh God, like, Call me to ministry. Like I'd love to do it, but I never, never really felt that way. So after high school, went to North Central. I um, was like, I'm good at math. I guess we'll we'll rock with this. We'll make some money. Go down that route. And then the the end of my junior year, um, went through this big kind of one like the biggest crisis in my life up until that point. And just like out of the darkness, like that's when I really felt God. Uh, call me to ministry. And at that point, it was a little little unfortunate. I had two classes left at North Central. Oh, so I was going to graduate gosh. a semester early. But I was like, well, God wants me to be a youth pastor. I'll add a few classes so I can get licensed. Like I'm not going to change my major, stay two extra years and do that. Um, so I, I added, I think it was like six classes, was able to get licensed um, as a pastor. And I was like, God, wherever wherever this takes me uh that's that's where I'll go and then covid hit at the end of my senior year so perfect it was a, the perfect storm so for a year i was i was kind of talking with churches a little bit but no churches were like in the the place to hire at that point so for a year i was just serving at serving at a church and um yeah nothing nothing was really happening uh but i was like god this must be must be your plan. Like you haven't, you haven't let me down yet. Um, and then, yeah. I think one of
0: my favorite parts of that story is, Hey, I don't have yet exactly what I want, but I'm going to get as close to it as I can in the meantime. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, Hey, I, you know, some things happened. Can't, you know, COVID sucks. Uh, can't, get a job right now, but I'm going to still like volunteer in a church and I'm going to get some experience and I'm going to just love on kids, which is what I want to do anyway. And I think that that is a powerful, uh, encouragement to, Mm -hmm. to anybody in, you know, that stage of life, but especially somebody who like, I want to go into ministry. And for me, that means, you know, a full-time job that looks super glamorous but those don't come around as often as I think a lot of people think. And Mm so in the meantime, in that waiting season, like still be pursuing, you know, what you are called to do and still be learning and sharpening your skills, uh, in that path. I like that.
1: Yeah. Well, it's what I love about it too, is like, it would have been so easy to be like, I've come this far. Like, I can do ministry as a volunteer. Like I'll just go and be an actuary. I'll go and be an accountant. I'll go make a bunch of money and then just serve you God. I'll do that. But like to feel that call and answer that call when it made no logical sense is like so fun and so cool. So yeah, you're a beast. We all know that. We've always known that, right? Um, But kind of with that, Riley, so, you know, I know knowing any conversations we've had and in in that kind of thing um, like what did that application or applying to churches process look like for you? Because yes, it was unique for you in the sense that um, you know, COVID is a thing, but I also know you experienced some, some interesting uh, conversations where things were going really well. And then all of a sudden they took a really weird turn for a very specific reason. So can I just like walk us through what you did to apply to churches, where you went, what you did, and kind of what some of those conversations looked like in the process.
2: Yeah, so I, I, did, I did a few things. I, I talked to one of the professors at North Central, um, just asking him like, hey, could you reach out to other districts around the country, see like what, if they know any jobs that are open. Um, I, I kind of did that just to just to say I did it because like I, I'm from Minnesota I absolutely love Minnesota and in blood my, runs mind, thick for, Minnesota. Real, for mm. real and in my mind I was like I never want to leave this place um, so I, I talked to the Minnesota district youth director and was like hey let me know if, if you hear of any, any jobs that are open I'd love to throw my name in and, and see where that takes me um, so, like I said, after I graduated college, um, that year, there were probably six or seven churches I, I talked to about positions, um, some full-time, some part-time. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, the the process for me looks like uh, most places would give me a call first and, and I would tell them a little bit about myself. Um, as you can all tell, I'm very charming. Uh so we knew I, that So I, <laughs> wow. I thought they were all going really well. Mm-hmm. And um Yeah. Do you want me to get into the the difficulty I ran into
1: If a if you feel comfortable, I think it, I think it is an encouragement to those because it it other places too. too, so you mm-hmm. you feel comfortable, you you not not to to say names or 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 even areas or or but just just
0: want want specific names.
2: Okay. Well, well, you you want specifics, there just was,
0: all the dirt.
2: Yep. So you guys was can talk about church, that in your uh, interview on Monday. <laughs> No, so one, one of the things I ran into personally, um, I, I was a single guy uh, coming out of college. So there were, there were multiple churches that I thought the conversation was going really well. And they would ask me, hey, like, tell me, are you married, fiance, girlfriend? Like, what, what does that look like? And I, I kind of had the same response. I'd be like, no, I'm, I'm actually a single guy. But if you have any cool girls, like, let me know like trying to lighten the mood a little bit, mm-hmm. you know? And there were three or four churches where like instantly I could tell the conversation was like flipped on its head. And um, the, like, those conversations would end like a minute or two later. We'll never hear anything back from them. Um, so that was, that was really discouraging mm-hmm. um, because like I, I understand where they're coming from. Like ministry is, it probably is done better as a team but at the same time, like there are benefits to someone who is single in ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, that that was a little tough. Uh, but there were other other churches I talked to that, um, yeah, conversation went really well. They didn't care that I was a single guy, and had like an actual interview. Went to the churches, uh, talked with them a little more, and yeah, so that's that's kind of what the the process looked like for me.
1: Yeah. It, it, it was so interesting because, you know, Riley and I, and we'll probably get to this at some point in the episode, but, um, when, in some of Riley and I's first conversations in, in talking about coming, having you come to the bridge, um, it was like in the first or second conversation where we got serious about getting down to details about me pursuing you. Um, and a question you asked me out of the get go was, does it concern you that I'm single? And like that question caught me so off guard, and it felt like it was so, um, like out of left field because it never once did my, um, did my thought process go, he's single, so that's a problem or that's a good thing, or it just it was just part of who you are, and that's not me, um, you know, saying I'm better than the other people that did it. It more so was just, um, I thought what was interesting and cool about that is you could tell the way you asked that conver- or you ask that question, you'd had experience with that before. And so that was just always just, it always stuck out to me, um, and into how it works too. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I think again, we'll go into kind of, um, cause how you kind of came to the bridge was not your traditional application process and, and everything else. We'll get into that in a little bit, but, you know, kind of staying broad here for just a second, Um, you know, in terms of your overall philosophy idea with ministry, you know, what do you think is important? If you're a youth pastor coming in, what do you personally find important to you in a ministry setting?
2: Yeah. One, one thing that that's very important to me is um, just being a part of a ministry that focuses like outside of their walls. Mm -hmm. Like you're learning this more every day. Like I'm, I'm like missions driven. Like I absolutely love missions trips. And I love just like being outside of our church building. And I think for me that that's probably the most important thing because I think at the end of the day, like that's what, that's what we're called to do is reach, reach lost people. And there might be a few people that walk through our doors every week on a Wednesday or Sunday that are lost. But for me, like where I'm going to meet the most students who don't know christ is is in the school so Mm -hmm. that's why i've gotten into coaching and and i'm just trying to be in the school as much as i can yeah amen to that brother good stuff i
1: like it that is a sexy voice holy buckets dude i'm telling you Louis armstrong is jealous about you
0: right now there's something seriously wrong over here um riley when you were so so you i don't know why you were like, yes, Derek, I do want to work for you. But somehow that happened. I don't know why either. Um, Riley, when you stepped in to, to this role here at the bridge, you know, week one, uh, I hope that at least Derek was there to welcome you into the building on the first day, but, uh, What were, what were some of the things, like, do you remember walking into that first week? Like, Hey, here's some things that I really,
2: that are on top of my to-do list week one. Yeah, there, there, there were a few things. Um, one of the things that, that that was important for me was just kind of just laying out the beginning of the school year, like what, what that was going to look like and kind of how I was going to introduce myself to the students without kind of like making it about me. Um, so just kind of wrestling through that process of of introducing myself and kind of where like I want the ministry to go. Um, that was kind of at at the top of my to do list, um, but at the same time, like I I wanted to to really try to make the point to people that like it wasn't just going to be hey I'm I'm the the new guy filling in for Derek, like, Hey, I'm Riley. Like I'm the, the mm-hmm. new youth pastor. Like I think there's a little bit of a difference there mm-hmm. in those, those two just like outlooks on that. Um, so for me, that first week, it was, it was a little chaotic. My first week at, at the bridge was our fall launch for like our big church and also our, our school kickoff for you. Yeah. So it was like just the first week, hit the ground runs. Yeah. And, so, like, with that, there were tons of people I met who I still haven't seen, tons of youth students I saw that first night, and I was like, oh, they're super cool. Mm-hmm. Haven't seen them since. Um, so, for me, I, I was very intentional of trying to, like, stay away from Derek, mm-hmm. so it, it wouldn't be, like, Derek's introducing me as, as, like, hey, this is the new guy filling in for me, but I could introduce myself, be like, hey, I'm Riley. Like, mm-hmm. I'm the youth pastor. So, that's, that's one thing I, I focused on, um, which... I think was a good call.
0: I don't know. Yeah. It's cool that I'm learning, you know, these similarities I have with Riley. Uh-huh. We both actively try to avoid Derek.
1: I was just thinking that. You both love missions. You both distaste or dislike me. There's there's those two things alone are pretty foundational to both of you. So I think it's the beginning of a
0: great budding friendship when you have those two building blocks to 100%
1: to build on for sure. Um, This next question I want to pitch to Riley, I'm going to kind of just give a little bit of a context here. Um, So um, on my side of, of this whole equation, um, I knew that leading a church and leading a youth ministry at the same time was not going to go well. Um, At, at the best, both ministries survive. And I probably don't Um, at worst Uh, I kill the youth ministry, church tanks, and I feel like a failure and burnout. Um, and really that was probably more the likelihood of what was going to happen. So I found out quickly on, um, that I needed to, um, you know, find somebody. Um, and at the time, uh, I had talked to the same district youth director that Riley was talking about earlier, I think maybe, um, um, but you know, and I kind of said, Hey, uh, I'm going to be stepping out of youth here uh, soon-ish. Who do you got that's that's in the wings? Um, and he gave me a list of seven or eight names of of pastors that were not currently employed, but that were looking for something. And I knew all seven or eight uh, well, actually. Um, but <clears throat> to no disrespect to them, they just weren't what I was looking for. Um, they, were, they were not the personality. they didn't have the personality I was looking for. They didn't have the motivation I was looking for. Um, you know, or they didn't, He just, sometimes it's just the chemistry. Um, It was just not going to be there. And so um, a good pastor friend of mine, a mentor of mine um, said something to me that, that stuck with me. He said, you need to go after who's right, not who's available. Um, And and to me that was like, okay. Um, And so um, I could get into the whole sentimental story, but basically, Um, God was priming the pump for me to go after Riley, um, about four or five months prior. Um, and so we had a lot of conversations and, um, that led up to that. But where I'm going with all of this is at the time that Riley and I were having conversations about him coming to the bridge, he was actually employed at a different church, um, with a great pastoral staff, a great connection of youth students. Like you, it was a great ministry that you were a part of. Um, you know, and, and, and you leaving was not something out of ill will or something you didn't like. It was more so God was just kind of stirring, um, my heart to ask you, um, about coming to work with me at the bridge. Um, and, and God was stirring on your heart, something similar. And so, uh, rather with all of that, I mean, you obviously know the context better than what I just explained, but I think it's pertinent for our audience to know what that looked like. But, kind of just walked me through man like what it felt like for you to go from an established great ministry that you were really really involved in and you enjoyed to something that was brand new I mean yeah you didn't know up to this point you had never really walked into the building except for once or twice um you know you didn't really quite know how I was gonna lead as a pastor because you hadn't seen me in that capacity. Um, like you went from something that was comfortable and familiar that you were invested into, to something completely brand new. And so kind of walk me through what that transition was like for you, what you felt like good, bad, and ugly. And just kind of walk me through like what was going through your brain through that whole process.
2: Yeah. The, the transition, it, it was honestly really hard. Um, the, so the church I was at before, was actually the church that I was serving at for like that, my whole senior year of college. And that year after I graduated, um, they brought me on staff after that year of, of talking to other churches and looking for a position. Um, so I was at that church on staff for about a year and a half, but I was at that church for like three years. So there were, there were three years of relationships with students and, and others that that I had to say goodbye to, which was, it was super hard. Um, and yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a pretty emotional guy. Uh, so there were, there were lots of nights where I was thinking about students and, you know, I would tear up in bed and I'd, I'd start crying. Um, but at, at the end of the day, like I knew for a few months before I, I joined you at the bridge that, that God had something new for me and God began just like stirring my heart. Um, in probably about April or May, Mm -hmm. uh, that, that there was something new for me. Um, so I, I told the same, the district youth director, like, Hey, if there are other positions that open up, like I'm not looking to leave my church, but if the right position opens, like, and it's where God wants me, like Mm -hmm. I know, I know there's something on the horizon. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, the, the transition, um, to the bridge, it was it was tough just because I was I was so a part of the culture of the last church, and coming into a new place where the culture is so much different. And I felt, I mean, I still kind of feel like at times students know the culture better than I do, and it's it, it was just it was a tough transition. But the whole time, like I I could like know and rest on the fact that like I know this is where God wants me, and mm-hmm. I know. Like it's going to take time to build, to kind of change the culture. Not because it's bad, but every, every pastor has a different vision, has Mm -hmm. a different dream for what, what their ministry is going to look like. And like, I know that's going to take time and we we've taken a few small steps, um, towards something just a little different than it was before. Um, but there's still, still a long way to go. Uh, but yeah, the, the transition, um, it was, it was hard, but it was also super fun. Just like knowing that, that there's so much in store for the future and so much that that I think God has spoken to me and spoken to you about for our community and, and for our church. Um, yeah, so it was, it was a tough, but super fun and exciting time.
1: Yeah. I'll share this here quick too, as a part of what you just kind of said, because <clears throat> I think it was like, I think it was around May or June, um, you know. I was feeling like I really wanted to ask you and kind of go down this process of asking you to come be a part of our staff. And so, you know, I kind of asked you out to lunch just to see how things were going, just feel. I went into this lunch meeting like trying to feel out like where Riley was at. And um I quickly discovered that like he was feeling what he just expressed. And so, I was I was in this weird spot of like in the worst way possible, I want to tell you, dude. Like, I'm, I am kind of want to talk about hiring you, but out of respect for your previous lead pastor, I didn't want to have that conversation behind his back. So, so I feel like you and I were like speaking this like unspoken language, and, and like I, I, I literally felt like I was like a little kid in a candy store, like trying to like hold back what I want to actually ask Riley. Just so I wouldn't be disrespectful and like you picked up on that. It was like this whole dynamic. Oh yeah. What are you gonna insult me with now?
0: No, I was just gonna say, if it makes you feel any better about it now, listening to the two of you recount this story sounds exactly like a couple telling how they got engaged. Well. It is the cutest thing Riley and I are ever had
2: the honor of being a part of. We did live together. Mm, We did. (laughs) That's (laughs) fair. We did live
1: together. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, no, that that conversation, I remember it ending so awkward. It, it was so awkward. Because you were like, you just know, uh, grin on your face. You're like, oh, there's so much I want to tell you, but... I can't. I can't right now. And <laughs> what, I, are you seven years old? You told him that? He did. Come he on. Did. I was like, I know exactly what you're wanting to tell me. Yeah. But I was like, I can't ask... What it is? <laughs> yeah, I know it. It 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 was it was like this. Un, it was it was bad. Like,
1: but the, but the thing if it was is like, just with how the conversation had progressed, there was no backing out. There was no like, there there was no hiding it. Um, you know, and like I like I said, I was like just excited about Riley and and all that good stuff. And I for sake of us fitting into the narrative that Kyle just explained, let's move on. Um, <laughs> yeah. You guys are weird. Um, I, I have a question
0: here that I want to throw Riley's way. Uh, as, as, you're, as you're coming on to, you know, a really hectic first week, uh, you know, ministry, the, the, one of the, probably the biggest part of ministry is the relationships, uh, you know, building relationships as a youth pastor, building relationships with students, uh, building relationships with parents, building relationships with leaders, uh, you got a new staff that that you're coming in trying to build relationships with. Uh, what did that look like for you? Uh, I mean there's a lot there, but more specifically on like the side of building relationships with students and and youth leaders that were already there uh, in the youth ministry what did what did that look like for you?
2: Yeah, the kind of how I approached it um, was like I, I knew that I could introduce myself like from the stage. And kind of get like all that basic like, I love sports. I love watching shows. Like kind of that information out from stage. So when I would meet a new student or parent or someone in church, like I would I wouldn't talk about myself a whole lot at all. I'd be like, I just want to I want to get to know you. Like, what makes you go? What What are you interested in? And so from building a relationship standpoint, like I tried making it not about me at all, um, which I think. I think it went okay. Like if, if they were like, yeah, I play basketball. Like obviously I'd be like, Oh no way. Like I played my whole life. I, I love basketball and I'd relate to them. But yeah, I just, I tried making everyone feel important. So I think that's one of the, one of the, the best things we can do, especially with, with students who in schools and in their life, there's like so much pressure to be perfect mm-hmm. that a lot of times I feel insignificant because they don't, they don't, see themselves as as cool as this person or, or someone else. So I, for me, like I would, I would just try to be very in the moment. Like what makes you go like you're important and would try to try to relay that to them from, from the start.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of times what I observed is you, you stepped into their world. Um, you know, you, it was when they were playing Gaga ball, it was when they were, you know, playing, um, People call it cornhole. I like to call it bags because that's more accurate and sounds less weird. I'm pretty sure when it
0: is, when it shows up as the championships on ESPN, they call it cornhole. So I'm just going to leave that there. Whatever. I don't like you. Um, I know that's been well established over (laughs) the last half hour.
1: (laughs) Um, But like all that to say, I mean, you stepped into their world where they were comfortable or they were already doing something. So it, there, not that their guard was down, but like there was rapport there to where it wasn't forced conversation where you kind of had to pull teeth. It was easy for you to just get to know them, um, and 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 that that's a theme I've seen in you is you you go to where the students are. You don't say I'm going here, join me. You go to where the students are to connect with them, and that's how it should be. That that's how you see growth in a ministry. And so, um, yeah, you 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 rock that out. Um with that here um you know you you talked about some things that that you've shifted and in, in that type of thing because realistically um I have found that the culture of a church will naturally match the personality and heart of the of the leader um you know that that's just it's just a matter of fact, so you know with that man like w- what are you excited about in the coming years you know like what is it that has you excited about? the thought of looking at the students you have now, the ministry you have now, like what is it that gets you excited that you are, are believing God for in the next six months, a year, three years, five years, that kind of thing.
2: Yeah. I think one of the things I'm, I'm really excited about, and I haven't even told you this. Um, so this I, should be good. Yeah, no, this will be really good. Uh, so I, I coach basketball at the high school and I, I coach with, um, one of the high school teachers, he coaches the freshmen, I coach sophomores. And a few times he's he's brought up in conversations the bridge and like the students that that go to the bridge. And for me, like that that's super exciting that people in the community just like know about our church and know about what our youth what our youth group is doing. And and for me, like the thing that gets me the most excited is to just just kind of continue building on like that the name of the bridge because there's already a reputation like coming into this ministry. Like it wasn't a healthy place. Like we have a, a solid number of, of students that attend and I'm not building something from the ashes like, like you were, or rebuilding something like Kyle. Um, so for me, it's, it's super exciting to just kind of to carry or like pick up the torch that, that you're handing off in such a healthy place and continue just building on like the name and the reputation that the bridge has like in the community and in, in the school. So. I
1: love it. He's, he's a beast. We know that. Um, you know, this is a question that is probably a vulnerable one. Um, you know, but I think it, it is, it's a pointed question and a very specific question. But again, I, I undoubtedly know, um, that there are going to be people who are in similar type of situations, but, um, you know, like Riley, kind of walk me through the good, the bad, and the ugly of, um, like what it's like to be, you know, because because like for Kyle, you know, it's one of those things where when he stepped into his role, um, you know, again without stepping out of bounds, um, if he wanted to nuke the whole youth ministry and just tear it down to its bare bones and make something completely brand new, um, as long as he had permission to do that, there was probably zero pressure because the people who had built what was previous were no longer there. Yeah, I
0: just, real quick, I changed the name of the ministry.
1: Yeah, you did. Uh, You know, within
0: seven or eight months, I think. Mm-hmm. Now, to be fair, part of that was like the the youth pastor before me had specifically, you know, given the ministry the name that it had, mm-hmm. and that name was tied closely to them. And so when things went south it needed a rebrand to kind of have that fresh start. But to what, to your point, like it is like, that is one of the more major changes you can make with it, with a youth ministry. And if, if that person is still around, then that gets potentially
1: really awkward really quick. Yeah. Well, and and it makes it feel like you don't respect them or you don't like what they did. And it kind of, well, we know the intention is not those things as a as a human being you kind of feel devalued or you can feel devalued um you know in that context um you know and so like i want to just kind of like hear from riley like what that is like because it is one of those things where he's sharing an office with the person who was doing what he was c- currently doing before him you know and so i'm sure I'm sure there are just unique challenges with that that like might even be weird to admit with me asking you this right now but like just kind of like walk me through like what that has been like to be in the presence of the person daily who was doing what you are doing previously.
2: Yeah, it is it is a little it is a little awkward at times. Sure. Um just like yeah, I think the the biggest challenge I think that that I've seen um, is just with some of the like the high school students because like you you were their youth pastor for some of them three four five years and there's this new guy coming in and and like thinking back to when I was in high school if if I got a new youth pastor my senior year of high school I'd be like this guy isn't my youth pastor like mm-hmm. the last guy is. Um, so that's, that's been one of the challenges, um, is like the, the, like upperclassmen, the high school students, which I is totally fair. And like the really cool thing about it is like you, you did such a great job with them. Like I see them on most Sundays and they still come most Wednesdays. Um, but there's just like that, that connection piece that for me has been way easier to, to have with. Like junior hires, yep. than Then the senior hires, just because junior hires are junior hires, and they forget stuff five seconds after you tell them. Yep. So there are probably multiple people who are like, "Who's Derek again? <laughs> <laughs> Who's <is> that again?" <laughs> uh, so that, that's been one of the the challenges. And then um, just another another challenge I think is with parents a little bit, just because they got they got so used to like how you did things and mm-hmm. kind of your energy and like we we're very similar people in a lot of ways, but we're also very different. Um, like you're just all gas, like <laughs> all gas, no brakes. I'm definitely more chill than you. Um, so I think some parents are like, this guy's in a typical youth pastor mm-hmm. because they've seen you, it's all you know, operate yeah. for, for five years. And mm-hmm. um, there's just kind of that, like that, that piece where some parents have said stuff, other parents like, I know they're thinking something and I'm like, just say it. Like, let's get this out in the air and we can, we can talk through it. Um, but just, yeah, relaying to parents, like I am different than Derek. Like I'm, I'm going to run things different, like differently, but like the end goal is the same. Yeah. And I think, I think most parents understand that. Um, but there is, there are just some, some expectations from people that, that are just not me. So I just have to be confident knowing like. I just have to be myself, yeah, so
0: amen. that's good, Riley what is uh maybe a piece of advice that you'd give to someone who is either considering going into ministry or maybe they
2: are like they're starting a position in a month or two yeah one one thing that that i I'm constantly even having to remind myself um is john three thirty says he must become greater. I must become less because at the end of the day, like ministry, it's not about us. And there, there are times like every day where I'm like, well, someday it'll feel like my ministry someday. Like it's, it's going to run how I want it to run. But then like, it hits me. Like my perspective is wrong. Like at the end of the day, it's not my ministry. It never was Derek's ministry. It's not Kyle's ministry. Like it's, it's God's. And if, if we hold on to the fact that it's like our ministry too tightly, then we're going to lead it in the wrong direction. We're going to, yeah, we're, we're not going to truly like follow the call God has for us or that ministry. So yeah. for me, there's always that, that constant reminder, like this isn't mine. This is it at the end of the day, like I'm making him greater. So if there's like one piece of advice for someone going into ministry, that's, that's what I'd say. like, obviously you want to grow yourself like every single day through like your relationship, but like the ministry is never about you. And the second we make it about ourselves, like then, then I think we're doing it wrong. Yeah. So, and one other thing too, like if, if you're, this is like for someone who's like actively like pursuing a, like a, a position in ministry, like, if you're about to get hired somewhere like, no, it's, it's for two reasons. One, the pastor who's hiring you, like they want you there. Mm-hmm. And like, cause like Derek said, like pastors don't go after who's available. They go after who's right. Mm-hmm. And so if, if you're being brought on staff, it's one because the pastor wants you there. And two, I think if, if you're going through all the interview processes and you've met with the pastor and the board and, Whatever that process looks like, if if you're feeling peace about it at the end, it's probably because that's where God wants you. So yeah. we can't we can't question like the doors that God's opening for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so just yeah, be confident knowing that like you are the right person for the job. And if you're a complete one hundred and eighty difference from the person before you, like that's perfect. Right. Maybe the ministry needs to change one hundred and eighty. Right. So yeah, just be confident knowing like you're the person for the job.
1: So good. That's like a mic drop moment. I don't even know where we go from there. I think that's just... I think we're done. He, he, he just called his shot and walked it off right there. I like
0: it. I'm a fan of that. Uh, Riley, we appreciate you coming in and hanging out with us today.
2: Uh, little do you know, I forced him to do it. It's true. <laughs> it's part of the job description. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a few days ago, he's like, Riley, what are you doing Friday? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, we're going to have you on our podcast at 12.15. <laughs> I was like okay boss uh, I don't know Derek I think
0: I'm busy uh do you want a job Monday
1: yeah
2: and he
0: still might not walk out of here yeah. with a job on Monday yeah, apparently oh man rough day for Riley that's all right uh we appreciate you coming in and uh, and hanging out with us uh if anybody has any questions for Riley uh they can find him on Instagram at at Riley
1: Loknin And we're not going to tell you how to sell it. You just got to figure it (laughs) out. Good luck. You could go and follow at the bridge YTH though, and then find Riley. So
2: very true. Shameless
1: plug. There it is. I'm so proud of you.
0: Uh, (laughs) I had another thought, but I'll let it go. Uh, and, And we'll just, we'll just say we appreciate Riley and, uh, you know, all of our, all of our fellow youth pastors out there that are stepping into something new. Uh, you know, we hope that, uh, that you know, there was at least a little bit, a bit of wisdom here today. Uh, we're praying for you. And uh, if you have any other questions, comments, concerns uh, that, that pop up in ministry that you'd love for us to talk about on an episode, please let us know because we love diving into listener questions. But that does it for today's episode. On behalf of Derek and Riley, I'm going to go clean out some of my office so that Riley has somewhere to work on Monday. Goodbye. Goodbye.